Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle Podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hey, this is Alex, and I'm here with uh, Rajesh Gupta. Did I say your name correctly, Rajesh? Yeah, absolutely. It was correct. Wow, I, I managed to do it. He's, uh, he owns a software development company in India. I actually used to work with him um, for about half a year. Um, sent him a lot of uh, messages to his phone. If <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he uh, right now his company uh, grew to $5 million. He has 300 people working for him. And we're going to talk about how he built his company from scratch over the last 15 years. Because, uh, yeah, he used to have a job at, at a corporation and he quit that. So tell us what happened, Rajesh. Well, I started my career way back in 1995 uh, with a telecom joint. So worked there uh, for almost five years. And after that, my marriage, I actually was looking to start a company yeah. to do something which uh, nobody has done in my family. Mm-hmm. So we started, uh, I, I started a company called NetHughes in 2000. So I, it was a one-man company which we started from uh, uh, the, my bedroom, actually. Yeah, <laughs> on a on a 486 computer. Right now we are 300 people uh, working on different technologies. So the journey has been good, has been uh, up and down journey. The first customer I still remember uh, came to us through an email marketing campaign. At that time we ran. Mm-hmm. At that time uh, I remember 2000. In fact, a domain hosting company was a very big stuff. A web hosting company providing domains. Well, there were very less companies providing domain hosting. So we knew the technology, so we actually started contacting few people. Uh, those were the web hosting companies, but they didn't know how to actually host the domain or book the domain. So we actually started, uh, contacted them, and we did few projects, and the rest is the history. So the rest is the history in the terms that those were the few projects we did with them, and they actually referred us to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And currently, and word of mouth is still our biggest advantage because the kind of service we provide and we always believe that we should stick to our customer whether the time is good or bad mm. and I think that paid off we are very fortunate to have so many clients those have worked with us from last 10 years 12 years and we have in fact a lot of employees also in our company which are like working with us from last 10 12 years mm. so that actually fueled the growth and that is how the things have moved till now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Rajesh, you actually told me a story of um, how something like 40% of your clients, you got them when uh, back then, you know, like when they were really small and uh, you grew with them to have them, uh, you know, now they're still your customer, but uh, they rely on your company for most of their services, is that right? Yes, right, Alex. This is absolutely right. The, the, those are the customers. When uh, we started working them, they were very small and their requirement were very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we kept working together. Some of them I've been working in the last 13, 14 years right now. And they uh, went very big uh, as the time. And they required more and more services as they grew. And that actually fueled our growth also because when they required a resource or when they required uh, uh, some programming or when they required any kind of support services, we were there to actually help them out. So the guy who started with just one guy 
and if he hired 10 guys now so that actually made him big that mm-hmm. may actually made us also big okay so um for your current lead generation so how you get more clients right now because you don't just work with old clients obviously 60% of your uh, revenue comes from new clients so how do you get them how, how does this uh, lead generation funnel work for you right now uh, we are working with uh, three different perspectives right now for lead generation one is inbound inbound inquiries we get mm-hmm. to our website uh, which actually happens through different uh, search engine optimization or ppc or social media campaigns where people come to our website and fill in our inquiry form and then our sales team get in touch with them second is uh, our some business to business portals mm-hmm. where people go and post the project that they require a project and our like odesk and uh, uh, like elance odesk guru and all that stuff and uh, our uh, sales team or our business development team actually up replies to those mm-hmm. queries and this is how uh, the business is done and third is uh, there is a calling team uh, which actually generates warm leads through gen- uh, converting cold calls into the warm leads mm-hmm. they call different perspective in different parts of the world and they try to see if there is a requirement of software development and if somebody is interested then we actually get uh, connected and uh, that is how uh, and once the sales team actually matures the lead it passes to our business analyst team then the implementation team then the qa team and it's a whole process once the project starts and when it's ends it's it's like four to five teams gets involved uh, in mm. that so that is how it's working right now um so for for the list generation what do your um teams use to generate that le- list of leads because they input them into your uh, well it's not an excel sheet you use a, a, a crm system but how do they get them like where do they find them exactly and how do they put them in there uh we have a good data harvesting team at our office so and we use a crm actually we build it ourselves uh, as per our requirements so the, it's a team of eight people those keep uh, harvesting the data from different parts of the uh, of of the internet from google or linkedin or any possible data you can find so they harvest the data they put in the crm that those crm uh, data has been divided to our sales team mm-hmm. and different sales team that those particular sales team actually work on those late data mm-hmm. by calling or by emailing whichever uh, way they feel uh, that will be the best to approach the customer and that is how uh, those data is utilized and ultimately turn into sales rajesh is actually working from with clients from all over the world he's working with clients from europe from uh, the united states etc So there's a misconception that if you outsource to India is just, you know, just cheap labor and stuff like that. But uh actually India is a, a capital in terms of, uh, one of the world's capitals in terms of uh development like software development. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Rajesh? Well, yes, I would say India is international capital for software development. Uh India is not only about cheap labor because probably the reason was right when with uh, the outsourcing or offshoring started. but now it's other way around uh, when you are looking for technology and you are looking for skill availability of skill you actually have to look at different avenues and india fortunately being there is a lot of cluster of engineering college because indian parents actually focus a lot on the education of their kid most of the people you will find in india those are educated very well educated they have done their engineering or a marketing de- degree so that actually gives a lot of available pool for the skill mm-hmm. 
and a good skill. So it's it's right that it is not expensive, as expensive uh, like in Western Europe or United States. You still save a lot of cost, more than 50% still you can save if you actually outsource to India. But it's all about skill also. That kind of skills probably you will not find in the United States, you'll still get it in India because... The reason is simple. You have a lot of educated manpower available here and which can be trained as per the requirement. And that we have actually seen in the past where a certain client came with a certain technology which was just introduced a month ago and he wanted to have 10 people working on the same technology. And I asked him that if you can actually allow me two months, we can train 10 people on the same technology and we can actually give it to you. He agreed to that. And that was a fantastic project to do. So that is the way we came to know a point that India is not only about cheap labor, it's about the skill also. So when someone is uh, looking for uh, companies to outsource to in India and maybe other countries, uh, what would you recommend to someone? Uh, like, What do your most successful c- clients do that uh, others may not do? I would recommend whenever an outsourcing is supposed to happen, uh, we should be talking uh, to the client and uh, the client should be talking to the vendor also a lot. They should be screening the uh, uh, vendor a lot. Uh, at the same time, they should be patient also because definitely what I have uh, came across over the uh, time period of last 15 years, the culture is quite different in US and in India. But now, since there are a lot of Indians are there in the United States and Western world, so even uh, most of the client we come across are aware about our own culture also. So that has helped. And we Indians also has actually matured a lot as per the uh, Western culture. Mm-hmm. And Indians by nature are very tolerant people, very, uh, I mean, very hospitable people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believe in, uh, uh, there's a saying in our culture that uh, customer is God. Mm-hmm. So we follow that and we try our best actually to actually serve the customer. But there are still a few jerks in the industry. Those actually try to rip off the customer by promising a lot and not delivering it. Mm. In fact, they bring a lot of bad name uh, to the industry. And I've come across few people. Those actually have uh, just uh, to save few dollars, they actually have fallen into the trap mm. where the guy promised everything and delivered nothing. Mm. So whenever you are... It, it all depends what is important actually for the client. If you are actually interested in having a good project done, you should be approaching a good company with a good structure. If you want to save money and you are just testing an idea, you can actually hire anyone uh, if you want to test an idea. But actually hiring a full structured company will definitely help you in overall business because these guys will give you more ideas also because they are doing this kind of stuff from so many years. Whereas a newbie or a freelancer probably working alone will not be able to give you so many ideas. He'll just follow you. He will not dis- do discussions with you. Mm-hmm. So, and a loyalty for vendors, I would say loyalty is one thing you should always follow. You should be loyal to the customer. You should be very, very honest. Tell him what is right. Tell him what is wrong. And if there is a problem, tell him upfront. Don't mm-hmm. try to hide the problem. If you try to hide the problem, problem will go bigger. It is better to discuss the problem with your client and solve it mutually because it is in, in your interest, it is in client's interest to actually make the project happen and make the project working so that a sales can start. So it's all about working together and getting the stuff done. Mm-hmm. That is what I can say. That's. 
Okay, and um, what kind of deals should people like? What what kind of contracts should people uh, make with a uh, outsource company? So w- when they come to you, what kind of contracts are best for everyone, ba- basically? The kind of contracts I have come across, uh, I would say rather is best, are uh, the contracts where uh, you cannot disclose the information about the product because when you are actually like. Uh, me, my company is dealing with a lot of customers. We have, we actually are virtually running a lot of businesses online, but we cannot share the idea. We cannot share uh, the insights how the business is running, and that is one uh, one thing one should follow. So the contract should have these kind of uh, clauses in it, where the vendor cannot share that idea, cannot cannot share that kind of information to someone else for their own good. Mm-hmm. So that kind of clauses should be there and should be drafted carefully because if you have a vendor which is good, which is loyal, which is honest, things are you are in safe hand. But if you have a vendor who actually have a naughty mind and can do things which you do not like to do, you should be safe on a contract side. It should be a very very strong contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Okay, so you mentioned before that you actually um, you're making deals also for uh, for a significant amount of money. Um, how do you get the really big clients? Like, what is the sales process with the really big clients? Because I mean, okay, you get the lead and you get them on a call, but uh, what do you guys do to close like a ten thousand dollar project like you sometimes do? Uh, different clients ha- have different kind of expectations. Few clients will come just to outsource to India or to us to save money. Mm-hmm. Few clients will come to us to save money and have a project done. And few clients will come just for the quality. So it you just have to judge what the client is looking at. Mm-hmm. So if you know what the client is looking at, because there, there has been instances where uh, when the sales team... Uh, is not able to close the deal and they come to me that they are actually facing a difficulty and i spoke to the client i was able to determine whether client is looking for a real good project or he is there just to save some money mm-hmm. and how serious the client is about the business so when you actually are talking to the client you should be associating yourself with their project you shouldn't be acting as a vendor you should try to understand the business model completely so that you can suggest him because uh, one need to understand the client who is coming to you is not a technology chap he is almost zero in front of us in technology but they have an idea they have a business idea and we need to understand that business idea and suggest him the best possible solution and tell him the truth that these are the pros and these are the cons of this idea see Choosing a technology, every every technology is not perfect for every business idea. Every technology has its uh, its pros. Every technology has its cons. But you have to be upfront and you have to be very very honest. I would say honesty plays a very big role. If you are actually honest with your client and tell them what is going to happen and how it is going to happen, I mean you can win the confidence of the client, of new client also very easily. But if you try to play smart and if you try to say that I am big and I know so much, you don't know anything. I don't think this is going to work. At least at least not for me. <laughs> Okay, makes sense. So, um yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> um okay, so so thank you Rajesh, that's uh that's very useful information for anyone looking to like outsource to to India, looking for a reliable outsource company because I used to work with Rajesh, I know he delivers. So, how would they be able to reach you? Well, they that's very nice to ask uh, for you to ask Alex this. 
Uh, they can just reach to our website. Uh, they can just Google NetHues. I'll just spell it out, N-E-T-H-U-E-S. And they can just send us an email on our website and someone will be in touch uh, for your information. We are a 24 cross 7 operational company. We never sleep. We work 365 days a year. And when I say it, I mean it. We are round the clock operational. We never sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.